0: This is the People Make Things Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at the modern entertainment industry. I'm your host, Christopher Natsume. I'm a game developer, I'm a podcaster, I'm a live streamer, and I'm also an entrepreneur. The internet knows me a little bit better as Night Squirrels. We are back today. I told everybody that I went to Iran and I have all these stories about Iran, but I thought, you know what, better than just me talking about Iran, I wanted to invite some people on the show who know infinitely more about Tehran and the game industry in Iran and about Iran in general than I ever will. Milad Antizami is the conference manager at the Tehran game convention. And for the last uh, week, he guided a whole group of foreigners around Tehran and organized a a huge convention and, and just did an amazing job to sort of uh, show everybody what the Iranian game industry is like. I wanted to have him here on the show to kind of express all of that to the rest of the world. So welcome to the show, Milad. How are you doing tonight?
1: Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to uh, open up to the gaming industry uh, abroad and maybe have the chance to, you know, spread some good words around and get people excited about uh, our country and our industry as a whole.
0: Absolutely. So let's just start out. A, a, quick, um, a quick introduction of you. How did you get involved in the game convention and the game industry? What is, what is your background in the game
1: industry in Iran? Well, uh, I was, uh, for like 10 past couple of years, I was uh, just a 3D modeler, you know, and I just did uh, business development in other sectors like like livestock industry and uh, farm, farm yeah, agricultures. Uh, but uh after a while, it by some chance, you know, I met uh your Computer and Video Game Foundation, and some of my people uh, some of my friends introduced me to uh, the foundation and uh I was just uh you know interested to give back to this community somehow because uh, I saw all of them uh, that were so enthusiastic and motivated. And all of us are new, you know, I, I call this industry as a toddler industry. It's uh, the first step of it. So I say all of us are new to this industry, and maybe most of us don't have a big background in this industry, but we are very motivated and enthusiastic to actually work in this industry.
0: So tell me a little bit, so the, the Iran Computer and Video Game Foundation, who are, who are these guys and, and what, where do they come from?
1: Uh, Iran Computer and Video Games Foundation is actually a subsidiary of uh, Ministry of Culture and Islamic Guidance, and also it gets some of its budgets from vice-, vice Presidency of uh, te- Science and Technology, and also from uh, uh, Ministry of uh, inter uh, Telecommunication. And uh, well, all of these budgets come to actually put some regulations, and uh, uh, put some uh, strategy to move the f- industry, game industry, forward in the country, and it is mostly focused on uh, supporting the game developers, game companies, and uh, it is uh, also focused on uh, gathering some statistic and data about the uh, market. So
0: So that's a wonderful leading answer to my next question. I was impressed when I was in Iran at how large the Iranian game market was. I I was genuinely surprised. I didn't know. Can you share with me some data about the the market in Iran, specifically who we're selling games to and how many people there are and how much money that is?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can say that we have like uh, one of the biggest uh, Internet population in MENA region, uh, around like 41 million users. Internet users and, uh, 23 million, uh, of, you know, the 79 million population of the country are gamers and, uh, most of them, like 60% of them are male. And, uh, most of the games that are being played are on platforms like uh, 70% on uh, smartphones and tablets and 60% uh, percent on uh, PC and 63 percent on game consoles and others uh, and i actually uh read some news uh on the, the New Zoo report which gathers statistics from all over the world uh, and found out that uh we rank uh, like 23rd uh, 24th in 2017 in the in the terms of our revenue in, in game industry which is around like 433 million uh dollars Uh, This year, well, most of the games like Clash of Clans and Clash of Clash Royale has very good, uh, you know, very good success in our country. And maybe uh, in, in I think it was in 2016 that phenomenon of the year was like Clash of Clans for us, and it made like 120 million dollar just in 2016. And uh, well, we can say uh, that. uh, Paying users are growing. Uh, We are, you know, our market is mostly local and uh, we use local stores because uh, we are banned in uh, Google Play and uh, App Store and we cannot download uh, and use their services uh, easily. So uh, we tend to uh, have our own services and our own uh, companies that uh, most IT entrepreneurs right now are working to, you know, Copy those services like ad services, ad networks, and also backend services to implement them into the industry with some local, uh, you know, services.
0: So let me let me just interrupt the, with, with a couple quick follow-up questions. So a lot of mobile phone users, I'm I'm assuming the vast majority of those mobile phone users, uh, because of the issues with the iPhone App Store, the vast majority of those are Android users, right? Yeah. So. I'm an Android user. I live in Iran. I can't just go to the Google Play Store and, for obvious reasons, and and download stuff in the Google Play Store. Where am I going? So you say that there's some local, uh, organi- some some local services that are being provided. Where where is the where are most people getting their games on their mobile phones in Iran?
1: Well, I can uh, name some of them, but uh, you know, uh, all the users are moving from uh, stores to stores, so uh, stores are trying to have some. Um, some games to themselves and, you know, they, they have some exclusive games on the market and, uh, so they try to compete with each other this way. Like there is Coffee Bazaar, Market and, uh, Iran Apps and many other stores that are available to the users. Uh, and they are trying to, you know, interest developers and, uh, users to actually uh, you know, compete in the markets, but I can say Kafel uh, Bozor is leading the competition and uh, it has the most users right now.
0: Tell me a little bit about how, uh, you know, down to the very grassroots. I'm a I'm a 16 year old kid. I've got my 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 Android handset and I want to play a game. How am I paying for it? Am I paying for that through a credit card? Am I paying that through a card that I buy in a store? How how are people paying for games?
1: Well, yeah, that's where things get complicated. You know, we here we have uh, our own payment system, and uh, everything is actually disconnected. So we have to use our own APIs uh, implemented into the game. So every game that gets localized in our country has to use our own banking system. We use our uh, our own car uh, cards called shut Up. This shut Up system, uh, you know, every little kid has uh, the fathers. Card in his pocket. Let, let
0: me let me just interrupt for a second because I think a lot of people who are listening to this may not actually know. It's 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 uh, deadly obvious for, for an Iranian person, but for people who don't know a lot about Iran, normal credit cards like a Visa card or a Mastercard, you basically can't use those in Iran, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are completely disconnected. The banking system is completely yeah. disconnected and it gets paid like. Uh, with different uh, connections but now banking's are opening up after the sanctions have been lifted and we're going to have some direct contacts and maybe visa cards could be issued in Iran but as for now the situation uh, is that we use our own local cards and all our own local banking system and whenever you want to you know use uh, implement the payment uh, portals in uh, in your game you'll have to actually use the APIs of the banks Iranian banks so, uh, it's, it has its own procedure and its own legal, uh, you know, forms and everything, but it's not actually that complicated. Any Iranian partner and local partner could guide you through it. So, uh, I would say, yeah, for now, the complication is that we have to use our own. Uh, Banking payment system.
0: But for most for most developers who wanted to say sell a game in Iran, they're probably not doing this themselves. They're probably going to somebody like Cafe Bazaar or one of the other publishers locally and saying, here's my game. And of course, those local publishers have got that whole system set up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you don't have to worry about that if you are uh, getting published and distributed by Kapa or Market or Iran Apps or any of the other local stores because they already have that implemented. What I'm saying, if you want to directly use Google Play, uh, you know, distribution in Iran, which is not possible at the moment. Uh, You have to use, uh, you know, our our own API for the banking payment system. So it's out of the question to use the international stores like Google Play and App Store in Iran right now.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I'll mention when I was when I was in Iran, you know, I I run a virtual studio and our entire studio is built around Google. And we we didn't realize this until the first time I realized this was when I went to China, which has similar restrictions. And suddenly, I realized I can't get to my email. I can't get to the Google Play Store. I can't get to any of the documentation in my studio. And you forget how much of your life is owned by Google until you go to a place that Google isn't. So, uh, yeah, that was surprising to me when I went to Iran. Actually, uh, so it's certainly certainly one of the roadblocks that you would have to be looking at if you were you were looking to sell. And and on that note, what other what other sort of challenges? You know, if you're talking to, let's say, a a developer in Scandinavia that doesn't know anything at all about Iran, but they listen to this and they're like, wow, that sounds like a lot of money in Iran. I'd like to sell my games down there. What other sort of challenges do you think they might face?
1: Well, uh, I don't think uh, the Scandinavian, I don't know if you know, I just mentioned that Supercell was a big success in Iran. So maybe Western games have more success in Iran right now, 95% of the... Uh, revenue which is coming out of Iran is for the foreign, uh, foreign developers and foreign, foreign games. And 5% is uh, only uh, for Iranian developers. So I can say that, uh, Western, uh, you know, game makers are right now uh, the good position in Iran and have a very great opportunity to make a lot of money but uh, what foundation stands for the Iran Computer and Video Games Foundation uh, and with events like TGC we try to actually uh, not to be consumers and try to have a big share of our own market uh, well we are uh, we know our competition as Turkey uh, in the MENA region and we think uh, we can uh Get them, get to them right now and actually try harder and try to educate the game developers in the country. And with the good strategy and uh, good planning, uh, I hope we can beat them in five years and make very good games in Iran. Our only uh, obstacles that uh, we are right now facing, the game developers in Iran are facing, are uh, being cut off from the services, from the big companies like Google And the uh, like game services That they give statistics And uh, you know monitoring And uh, they use, you have to use them for monetization Of your game So uh, everything that you need To build a game You have to find a way to acquire it Even kits uh, you know, Like uh, I don't Development kits for Xbox And uh, consoles is out of question We can't have them here, here So we cannot even think about You know Uh, building games for consoles. So uh, what we are trying to achieve right now is to have a bigger share of the market. And we think with good cooperation uh, with Western game developers and uh, bringing them out here, we can also have their game localized in Iran and uh, make their sales much bigger, like the thing that Supercell did. And they actually localized Clash of Clans and Clash Royale in Iran. And uh, so, we can, I think we have, we can have full localization of uh, very good games in Iran and make good money out of it and actually use the experts in the country to, uh, make revenues out of the building new games in, uh, in the country. So, I hope uh, that gives you a good perspective of what is uh, happening in Iran in the game industry
0: so let me let me ask a follow up question on that. One of the things that i was i was gen I, and, and let me be clear, I was impressed by many things in Iran, but one of the things I was very impressed with when I was there was just the the level of English ability. Uh, With people that I dealt with in in so many meetings with people I talked to, uh, the English was was not just good, but perfectly fluent. And I'm I'm unclear a little bit. Was that because I was, you know, at a convention with a whole lot of people who are highly educated and are game developers? I mean, when when we're looking at Iran as a market, how important is that localization to. Uh, Farsi so that people are playing it in their own language. How important is that to the players or are they pretty happy with uh, English language games?
1: Well, I think it goes to the culture. Uh, You know, we have the 80% of the country is, uh, um, you know, is literate and they know, uh, and most of them know English. And I cannot give you an exact number on how many percentage know English, but, uh, yes, in, the, in that convention, you were facing the elite, uh, you know, intelligent and uh, the good game developers that didn't have to know English to actually work. But uh, in most you, of the countries. You would be surprised in other
0: countries that that's not true. I, I encourage you to go to the Tokyo Game Show and see how many people have to speak English at that convention in the game industry. <laughs>
1: Yeah well uh actually in the on the whole country as uh you can also walk around and expect people to know English it's not like uh, only those people at the convention uh, were you know good at English but uh with this 80% literate uh i can say we are a diverse country so uh this diverse country is very uh you know it feels very proud about its languages of every different ethnicity like I can say, for example, uh, we have in the Zagros extension in the west, Zagros range and its ex- extensions in the west of Iran, we have like Kurds, lures, and torques, which are completely different ethnicities. And uh, they uh, actually uh, consist include like 30% of the population. And in other regions as well, we have different ethnicities that, uh, you know, entered Iran in different uh, centuries. Uh, well, in seventh centuries we had the Arabs uh, coming to Iran, and uh, after Islam, uh, well, ninety-nine percent of population of Iran became Muslims, and I can say that we are lo- now living with uh, five to ten percent uh, Arabs in the south of Iran. So uh, I can say that uh, these diverse ethnicities that are living in the country uh, had to learn to live with each other and. Uh, they, uh, they are all literate and they know uh, well, very much about Western civilization, and they are one of the longest civilizations uh, themselves. You know, uh, the history of the country goes back to 6,000 years BC. So uh, I can say that you are facing a very great nation, and this nation is uh, knows knows its limitation, and it's it knows that it has some. Uh, problems and obstacles when uh, trying to have business with uh, other countries and uh, tries to make games and export them. You know, this. This all problems all we know. But uh, what we want is a better connection to other countries and, you know, open up uh, the our doors of our market to other countries to actually cooperate because I think the politics are, are the, for the politicians to decide. And when a when a country uh, has the right to, you know, prosper and progress, and uh, every other countries are saying that, you know, it's okay to do business with Iran, I think it's okay to do business with Iran. And you have to get past your fear and come to Iran and meet people and uh, find out that, you know, there is no much not much difference between you and them, and they want to actually just connect and do business. So. Uh, I think the risks, the calculated risk for uh, investing and, uh, you know, coming to Iran is actually on false pretenses. So I think uh, you can have a very prosperous business in our country and you don't face obstacles like languages or, uh, I don't know, uh, ex- extremis- extremism that you face in uh, all the MENA uh, M- M- region, you know, uh, toward Westerners. You won't face anything like that.
0: You know, I, I wanted to share with you an experience that, you know, when I got back from Iran, I sat down and thought very hard about my experience there. And, and you know, obviously as an American and with the and I don't want to, I don't want to talk politics, but, uh, you know, as an American coming to Iran, especially right now with the things that are happening in America, I had prepared myself mentally for a lot of Iranians wanting to complain at me about my country. I'd gotten myself like ready for that. And. Every single Iranian that I talked to, and I mean literally every single Iranian that I talked to, didn't want to talk to me about that at all. What they wanted to do is they wanted to teach me about Iran. And I had this incredible feeling when I was in Iran that Iranian people just really wanted to be understood. They really wanted the rest of the world to to know real facts about their country. They wanted people to know this is what we're really like. Maybe you've heard some stuff, maybe the stuff you've heard is wrong, but we want to tell you about our country and we want you to to know us and like us. That That was the overwhelming feeling that I had talking to people in Iran. So I wanted to give you the chance um, now, not just talking to me, you know, because I I went to Iran and so I was easy to talk to. But now there's you know uh, many hundreds of people listening to this. Many of them will probably never get the chance to go to Iran. What would you like them to know? What What is it that you would like people to know about your country and and particularly about the game industry or doing business in Iran? I know that I know that's a very broad question, and I apologize for that up front
1: <laughs> no well, I can say, uh, well the uh, Iran is a country that where misconceptions come to die. You know, I I definitely suggest that anyone that is interested or curious about uh, our country uh, tries to travel to it. You know, it's very cheap, uh, so I'm sure you all would you know enjoy and have a very good memorable experience like Chris did. And uh, after that, uh, you can you know I uh, I know there is lo- uh, legal complications for working with Iran there are uh, obstacles and challenges when you want to do business with Iran but if you are keen to uh, do business here I'm sure you can find ways around and if you find some local partners in Iran uh, you will have you know a very good friend a trustful, uh, you know, partner, uh, which is which has a Iranian culture and don't want you to think uh, bad about the country. And it would uh, he will he or uh, she will try best uh, they could to actually uh, protect all your uh, uh, you know all your belongings in the country. And you don't have to worry you know about uh, the pretenses that you had from media's and you heard. Uh, you know, dangerous stuff about Iran, I'm sure with the single travel to Iran or uh, maybe just reading or talking to the people uh, over the Internet, you will find out uh, soon that everything that you knew about Iran was actually just exaggeration of uh, what is happening in the Middle East as a whole. and It's not uh, just Iran that is facing, you know, problems in the region. Uh, all, all region is facing problems that could, you know, have branches in the, uh, you know, the issues of the Middle East region.
0: I, I will say one of the, and I, I I I apologize if this comes out wrong. One of the major sort of feelings that I had when I was in Iran, one of the things that really struck me was how normal it all was. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, like you say, because of preconceptions and because of the media, I went expecting to think it was a lot weirder than it was. And really, the, the, you know, going around Tehran, I, a couple times I, I was sitting in Tehran and I said, you know what, you change a couple things. This could be Los Angeles. It, it felt very normal. Uh, it felt very prosperous. People seem to be doing the sort of things people do and And when you know I went to the convention and I talked to different publishers, the kind of conversations that we had were very similar to the kinds of conversations that I have with publishers in Paris or los angeles so in in many ways, probably one of the one of the big messages that I took from Iran was. This is not nearly as weird as you think it is. It's not nearly as different um, and it and it sounds to me in talking to you know a number of people from Iran about you know publishing in Iran and the business in Iran that with the exception of a number of you know very specific uh, sort of changes it's pretty much standard business compared to a, a lot of other countries that you might be trying to do business in, say China or Korea, which themselves come with their own sort of limitations and things that you have to deal with if you want to be selling games in, say, China or Korea. So I, I was I was a little bit surprised by how normal it all was. I hope that doesn't come out as condescending or anything like that. But
1: No, I, I, this is actually the same reason it was hard to answer your question because it's all normal. I cannot say anything different that, you know, That shows the difference of our culture but I can say it's very diverse culture and people uh, know, uh, you know, you can it is very possible to find a John Snow fan in the street you know, of Tehran, so I can say it's uh, uh, people are up to date and they have, you know, high speed internet so, and 70% of this 80 million population is young and below 30 years old, so you can expect uh, Real, you know, real normal life, and there is nothing much different. Yes, the, you can see different clothing because of the uh, beliefs of people. Uh, but uh, we know that, you know, uh, that uh, you know some things are prohibited by law, and some things are, you know, accepted by the own person itself.
0: We've talked a lot about bringing products to Iran and selling products in Iran. I want to talk about the other direction. You know, I, I gave a talk in. Uh, Tehran about being a, a young developer and how to run a game studio, and I had this wonderful collection of young people show up to my lecture that were obviously starting their own studios or wanted to start their own studios, you know, starting their careers in the game industry, and when I left, I, I it must have been 30, 45 minutes that it took me to extract myself from this mob of young developers that just have more and more and more questions. I, I was so impressed. There was even one kid there that I, I believe he was like 14 years old, and he had learned how to use 3D Max and he had learned how to use Unity, and he was very worried that maybe he wasn't progressing fast enough. And I was like, dude, you're 14. Um, it was very exciting to see. Tell me about where people are, you know, where are these guys coming from? All of these guys, they seem to know about game development. They seem to know things about games. They seem to be ready to start. The co- where are these guys coming from?
1: Well, that is actually surprising to us as well. You know, uh, what, what, uh, what pushed me through the past year uh, to work on Tehran Game Convention and actually make it happen, what pushed all of us, was the motivation and enthusiasm enthusiasm, enthusiasm of the uh, people, you know, in the industry. They are very, uh, you know, very young and very uh, progressing very fast and they want more. And uh, what we sometimes, you know, uh, are limited to do is to actually, <laughs> you know, address all their needs uh, and requirements. But uh, yes, there is a big population of, uh, enthusiastic game developers in Iran right now that uh, well they want to make games more than rather than playing games you know. Uh, but well, I what, say where are they
0: coming the, from are there, are there universities that have game development no, programs? No, or? Or? The
1: interesting thing about it is that we don't uh, the universities is, uh, are not teaching you know game development. They don't have game development courses in the country right now, and we are trying hard to actually make that happen. And we try to bring some some courses in the syllabuses of software engineering in, the, in some universities. But uh, what you can see is just uh, some young, enthusiastic uh, game developers and entrepreneurs that uh, didn't have the chance to study it, and they are learning on their own from YouTube, from online uh, courses that they take. And, uh, they just want to, you know, progress fast and we are trying hard enough you know, to, you know, actually make that happen in, uh, the, Iran uh, you know, Computer and Video Game Foundations and I hope in the coming years we're gonna see a big change in the situation of game developers, uh, with the help of the Iran you know, Computer and Game
0: Foundation. Well, you know, I, I think I think those are not misplaced hopes. You know, one of the things that I was was honored to do as part of the convention was I got to be one of the judges for the the game competition that you had as part of the convention. So I got to look at a selection. I, I judged the mobile part. So I think there were like twenty some odd games that I looked at, and. I was genuinely impressed with quite a few of them. I mean for for a, a country that you say is at the very beginning of its industry and just starting, there was some pretty innovative ideas in there, some pretty interesting stuff. So I was I was a little and I don't know how much of that I don't know if it was all Iranian content or you know, I didn't I didn't check the nationality of the content, but it looked like the majority of it was Iranian content. And and there was some pretty compelling stuff in there. So I, I, I think your your hopes are not misplaced.
1: Uh, well, as an environment artist myself, I can say that artists are, in Iran are very progress and very professional right now and working on huge international titles, uh, you know, by outsourcing the art. But in the game development industry right now, we don't have, you know, good game developers, good programmers, good, but there are innovative ideas, you know, uh, coming from everywhere. So uh, some of these innovative ideas get built with uh, you know independent team. I can say that the most of the ecosystem is uh, indie style and it's not you know all uh, corporate like I don't know big companies like Zynga and uh, uh, GameLoft or do not exist here. So they they cannot even find the money to actually fund the project. So they have to. I uh, use their pocket money, seed money from the, from family and from friends uh, to try to actually make a indie company and try to build an innovative idea that some of their friends have. So it's really, uh, just an indie atmosphere happening here in the, uh, game development in Iran, but, but it, it it's a it's a strong one though. I mean,
0: I've I've like, like I say, I've I've been to the Philippines and Indonesia. I've been to conventions in those countries. I've judged competitions in in places like Malaysia and other sort of developing economies, and I would say what's happening in Iran, you know, looking at the quality of the content that I saw there, I saw I, I thought it was uh, highly comparable to stuff that I have seen in other. Uh, sort of little places in the world that are growing communities places that have you know it's still a small indie community it's not you know seattle or 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 London yet but it it's certainly communities that are are growing and i i I saw enough content and I certainly saw enough young developers i mean there must there was well over two thousand people at the convention no
1: yeah exactly it was uh like one of the biggest convention that the foundation held itself. Uh, well, Tehran Game Foundation uh, was hosting like 2,000 attendees this year and uh, this was overwhelming for us as well because we never believed that the community uh, that we are supporting is actually this much motivated and they, uh, they actually are in need of these kind of uh, gatherings and uh, uh, conventions that uh, we held this year so what i can say yes this community is advancing very fast uh, and uh, well it could grow uh, faster with you know uh, less limitations and uh, you know with uh, cooperation with uh, international companies that's that's why we, what we what our goal was with King convention we tried to also bring publishers and uh, get, uh well, you know incubators and accelerators from abroad, and uh, well, uh, we try to with something like development awards that you were a judge of. We try to uh, get the visibility for the innovative games that we had on mobile platforms, and also on PC. Uh, we have good games uh, running on Steam right now. Uh, well, you, uh, for I can name some of them, but if you, uh, you know, like Children of Mortai in Kickstarter, it had a very good success. And this shows that we, although we, uh, the the community is, you know, at its beginning and uh, it might be small, but uh, it's advancing very fast. And it, it already has some, you know, big titles, big international titles and also some innovative and uh, indie titles that can, you know, get better with better funding and better knowledge and uh, better cooperation with international publishers.
0: So we're just about running out of time for the interview. I wanted to give you, uh, uh, I, have one, I have two more questions. Uh, the first one is, is there going to be a Tehran Game Conference 2018? Is that going to happen?
1: Uh, well, yeah, that we are hoping for a bigger uh, convention this year, maybe Tehran Game Week. And uh, we we're just talking about it. Uh, foundation, but I'm sure TGC or something like that would happen in uh, 2018.
0: I'm sure it'll be great if it if it's if it's even as good as the one you had this year. It'll be a tremendous success. Uh, the the other question I had for you is this is sort of my my last question. Is there is there anything you felt that we didn't talk about in this 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 that you think, man, I really wish. The rest of the world knew this about the, the the Iranian game industry. There's this thing I wish Chris had asked me about. Is there any? Is there anything here I missed? Is this your last chance to to speak to the audience and, and see if there's anything else you'd like to share?
1: I can say that the, uh, one of the challenges that game industry in Iran is facing right now is the identity. You know, they are trying to find something that is connected with their culture, with their art style, and uh, that that something that says you know it's made in Iran. So. And, uh, people, you know, average revenue, uh, per paying user right now is, uh, is very low. Bec- not, not very low. It's low, but, uh, it could, you know, grow much bigger bec- uh, if people can uh, think that by paying, you know, to the games, they are supporting the games. So I think it, uh, you know, we have a long way to actually for the people to get into the game, game industry. And what we are seeing right now is, uh, just, uh, a glimpse of uh, what is going to happen in the next years and I'm rooting for the best right now. And I think uh, we're going to have to see good games uh, in the coming years. And one other thing is that uh, copyrights, you know, don't exist in Iran. And I forgot to mention this. <laughs> uh, well, uh, <laughs> this could be quite important because, you know, uh, well, any uh, other entity, foreign entity, that wanted to invest or come to Iran or actually only distribute in Iran, was very worried, uh, worried about, you know, copyright issues. And what you saw at Tehran Game Convention was a try to actually push for the parliament and the Ministry of Culture to try to uh, actually implement the copyright law in the country. And uh, we got like good comments and good interviews from the Ministry Minister himself. To, uh, actually say that this is going to, uh, this has some big disadvantages for us not having the copyright laws implemented in the country. And they wanted to change that. So I'm sure in the coming years, if you are focused on Iran and tune up and uh, just listen to the news, I'm sure you're going to hear good news and, uh, just Wait for the good moment and the opportunity, and I think the opportunity is now. But if you are uh, hesitant, uh, still hesitant, you can uh, watch out the news and see some other foreign entities that are coming in the country and read some success stories, and I'm sure you would also uh, be very interested in working here. And uh, as for the copyright law, we, as the foundation, uh, we try to pass it through parliament and it's it got you know good uh, discussions around it and we are optimistic that we can you know maybe have it implemented in next year or so or maybe in next in the day, in the year after that but, but I mean, even, i'm sure even in
0: this current situation without it there there are certainly large companies that have already said well regardless i'm going to come down to iran we're going to we're going to and and like you say some of them yeah. are making quite a lot of money in iran even in the current conditions uh I mean have you yeah, have you yeah. seen Even that, though, that yeah. people I mean are there extreme examples of copyright violation happening right now cuz I I I didn't hear that
1: For AAA games yes I can say there is a problem but for uh, mobile games you know games on mobile platforms there is no issue because all of it should be and must be legal Uh, It might not, you know, follow the copyright laws and regulation, but it follows uh, some similar law, which are, you know, domestic uh, for domestic use. But they are only, uh, you know, they can only protect you when you have a local partner and have a legal business established in Iran. Uh, For AAA games like EA Ubisoft, the problem is that they are not officially in Iran and they don't have any business if they come we are you know willing to give them protection we are giving, willing to give uh, all the business uh, and foreign foreign business entities to uh, have the full protection and security when they want to invest in Iran.
0: So that was my last question. This has been a wonderful interview. I've learned so much about Iran and the Iranian game industry. For those of you who want more information, this has been Milad Entezami from the Tehran Game Convention. We'll have more info in the info section of the show that should tell you all about the game convention and where you can get more information. So all of that is available. Thank you so much, Thank Milad. you, Chris.
1: Thank you for having me. And thank you, all the listeners. I hope you received some useful information.
0: That's the show today. I hope that was useful and interesting to everybody. I know I had a great time talking to Milad. I've got a lot more great Iranian content coming up. I I just realized that not a lot of people talk about the Iranian game industry outside of Iran, and I thought this was a wonderful chance to do it. I've uh, booked some interviews with some other great top-ranking developers from Iran. I've also got some interviews coming up with developers from the greater Middle East, North Africa region, and we'll be talking to them as well. I've got some other interviews coming from people from Europe, people from Southeast Asia, asia north america i've got all kinds of great stuff coming as well as some more of sort of my thoughts and comments about my trip to iran hopefully all that's interesting if it's not let me know and i'll do something else if it is interesting let me know it makes me feel better about doing these and by all means let everybody know that you're listening to these put it on your facebook put it on your twitter put it wherever you put stuff that you like and let people know that this thing is out there help us out support us and we will see you on the next show